Welcome back to the Mackinac Michigan Show, brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jared Scora. And we are continuing our conversation about the governor's state of the state speech last night with the Republican leader in the Senate. Eric Nesbitt joins us. Senator Nesbitt, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me and uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. So, Uh, You know, I'm watching this, and the big picture that I saw was uh, that what the governor painted a picture of uh, was a lot of new programs, a lot of spending, and a really rosy view of the state of Michigan that I don't really think that as people go through their daily lives, they actually feel in the economy, in education. I don't get the sense that she's living in the same Michigan that most other people are. Yeah, it's a challenge as you as you look through it. I mean, they did a victory lap after they spent last year the the new Democrat majority and Governor Whitmer was only a one seat majority in both the House and Senate. I think passed some of the most left wing uh, partisan agenda items possible last year. You know, from repealing Michigan's right to work law that now says we're closed for business to passing a Green New Deal that uh, you know had mandates that are more aggressive than even California's mandates and will have to industrialize about 350,000 acres of farmland to meet some of those mandates to increase in the state's income tax by $700 million the first of the year. And then the governor talks about this whole set of new programs that she wants to fund. And the one question that I don't think was asked or being asked by the media enough is where's the money coming from? Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me of Wimpy from that old Popeye uh, (laughs) cartoon saying that I'll gladly have a burger today and pay you next Tuesday. And the next Tuesday is going to be the next legislature, the next governor. And she's trying to appease every Democrat constituency right now as she tries to increase her national profile to be in the running to be Kamala Harris's VP if Biden steps aside. Um, so, Senator Nesbitt, the you know, I was looking over some of the some of the numbers the other night. So, I mean, one of the big things is we've just had huge increases in the budget. Um, where we have a under this governor, the budget's increased twenty seven billion dollars. That's more than forty percent. So, I mean, I know we've had high inflation; hasn't been that high. Um, and so, she's got money to spend, and she's got money to spend on these these different programs. Um, are there areas where uh, the Republican she, Party are there programs that you, the Republican Party is united against versus ones where she's able to peel people off. But she, I don't think she is able to spend it. Like, mm-hmm. like you look at it, they blasted through a nine billion dollar surplus last year, mm-hmm. right? A lot of pet projects, handouts to her special interest backers. Um, you know, when we need real long term investments in our roads and bridges and underground infrastructure, right? And we need real solutions to transformational change in our education system that seems to be, you know, fail, failing folks. I mean, only three in 10 fourth graders in our state are proficient in math. Michigan fourth graders rank 43rd in reading nationally. And just look at our per capita income. We used to be one of the wealthiest states in the nation in the 60s, I think third. Our per capita income was 18th in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It slid all the way down to 42 by the end of Granholm, by the lost end of the lost decade. We got it up to the, you know around I think 22, and now we're back down to 39th in the nation. Mm-hmm. And so we're approaching Mississippi again. And this is you you you, you can't afford a lot of new programs when you, you're not a wealthy state. And so how do you look at ways to grow the economy? 
make it more efficient for capital to be attracted here to the state and 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 try to work to make sure that we ha- keep in young folks here and uh and ha- and have a strong economy and and this is something where the governor is more attached into these one off you know programs but even her favorite one that she likes talking about last year again We've had, for those in need, we've had a free lunch program since the late 1940s, right after World War II, the USDA set up some free lunch programs for some, you know, for those that can't afford it. And there's reduced lunch programs, but the governor wanted to do away with all means testing last year. And even that was just for one fiscal year. There's Mm -hmm. no plan to continue to fund that ongoing. Now she's going to try and we'll see where, where revenue comes in. But this is the point I'm trying to make is that all of these promises, where's the money going to be next year? Because right now she's talking about <laughs> this, you know, a billion and a half dollar surplus that's left after they blasted through a nine billion dollar surplus. Six hundred million of that surplus is interest payments. Five hundred million is lapsed dollars, and so the other five hundred million is ongoing. But if she wouldn't have, you know, won out and increased the income tax, which I know the Mackinac Center is fighting along with a lot of other taxpayers that it'd actually be a $200 million ongoing deficit already without these new programs. Right. You need to be fiscally responsible, look at ways of actually, you know, balancing the budget long-term. And this governor seems more interested in in, uh, making a ton of promises to core Democrat constituencies, big labor unions, the climate left, the um, trial lawyers, and then having the next governor and the next... um, uh, legislature figuring out how to pay the bills. Just look at the way she's maxing out the credit card to pay for roads right now. Three and a half billion dollars of new bonded debt to pay for roads with no plan to how to repay those bonds over the next 20 years. What, what she's, you know, there's a huge cliff that's coming in next year on, on all the spending on, on state highways, but then you're going to even, but then you're going to have to start paying on these bonds. So you're actually taking more money out of the system. Yeah. I, I found interesting to your point about economic growth. I mean, there's a lot of talk about growing the population and clearly having a strong economy is the way to do that in other states. And instead of talking about broad based reforms like the income tax, which she fought to keep high uh, instead of reducing it per law, um, she was handing out a number of very specific tax credits uh, and spending programs for corporate subsidies instead to try to seemingly grow the economy. You know, is that the way to do it, or are there bigger, more transformational things we can do to help bring people to Michigan and grow the economy? I mean, I mean, look at these economic development deals that she's made. It's going all into one sector, EVs, even with all the Biden's mandate, mandates and Gavin Newsom's mandates that the governor's trying to keep up with the Newsom's in California, that she's made really bad economic development deals that aren't coming the way that she's promised. And this is the problem with the central planning economic development Profiles that instead of trying to create lower rate, you know, lower regulations, lower taxes, better labor laws. It, I mean, I've always said capital is like um, uh, electricity; it follows the path of least resistance. That instead, she's putting up all these resistors to stop capital from flowing, and then she wants to bribe and give cash handouts to some of the most profitable multinational corporations in the world. And yet, it's the it's the left wing Democrats that always say, "Oh, the Republicans are the ones for these." Uh, big billionaires and corporations when the hypocrisy that they're dishing out is just unbelievable, but the main street media won't call her on it. Yeah. And so I hope we've learned over the last few years that this 
picking winners and losers for, you know, uh, corporate handouts and cash welfare isn't working. And it hasn't worked. And what works is trying to create um, accountability in our schools, making sure we have a good education system, lower crime rates, having good infrastructure, good workforce development, and labor and regulatory policies that are predictable, that businesses know what they're going to get along with tax policies. And so that's what we followed, I think, for you know, the, the, under Governor Snyder, trying to work on what he can turn, considered economic gardening. We finally saw growth in the working age population. And now over the last five years, we've seen our working age population shrink again. And the fastest growth demographic in the state of Michigan are those over, is the 85 plus crowd. Yeah. Senator Nesbitt, we got to leave it there. Appreciate your time and uh, your thoughts on the governor's state of the state compared to where the Republicans uh, see things. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me, and onward, onward we go. Yes, indeed. And uh, we'll be back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac Michigan show here on WJR. Mm-hmm.